it's wonderful how how the American people display their sportsmanship. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whenever you are listening out there, Hoosier fans. I am sitting here recording following a disastrous loss to the Kentucky Wildcats here in the College World Series Regionals, where the Indiana Hoosiers dropped the chance to advance to the Super Regionals uh, tonight, who will be taking on Kentucky again in Kentucky at 6 o'clock here Monday. And you just wish the best for our boys. Um, Kentucky's been playing a lot of baseball. Hopefully it catches up with them. But after a 16-6 to showing, uh, I mean, they gave us one with that homer. <laughs> that was uh, bloopered over the wall. But uh, other than that, it was just all Wildcats. I mean, you look through the Indiana pitching. We had uh, ERAs 27, 10.8, 6, 12. Just uh, not not a great night for Hoosier pitching, and uh, here's hoping we were saving it for today, whenever you're listening to this. Um, I hope I get to record how we went on to Supers uh, here in this next coming week, but um, yeah, just best of luck to IU Baseball, representing the Hoosiers well. They had a good showing. They uh, earned this second chance to uh, fight back after beating UK the first time, so hey, it can happen. It is some hostile ground, and they, they have some dumb chance, but... Uh, I think the Hoosiers can get it done. Shout out to the boys. Yeah, let's get into some uh, national news here. All right, headlining the Big Ten news is Zach Eady is returning. Um, he brings juice to these games, that uh, these Indiana-Purdue rivalry games. I, I'm, I appreciate him coming back. I, I truly do. Um, without him, I think Purdue stood to be... Uh, severely different and uh, severely less hyped. And uh, honestly, I just I do want these Indiana games, these Indiana Purdue matchups, to supplant the North Carolina Duke games if those ever lose their luster. And I really think that Zach Eady is better for this rivalry in it than outside of it. And that's from a Hoosier. That's that's the thoughts of a Hoosier fan that truly is not scared. He's back. Yeah, they're returning size, but we added some. We added some size, we added some speed, we added some skill. And yeah, I, wel- I welcome the opportunity to host Edie again. I welcome the opportunity to head into Mackey and play him again. So yeah, congrats, Zach Edie. Um, I think he began to get a little traction in that NBA draft, but uh, glad to see he's coming back. Makes for, makes for better headlines when we be beating them. Uh, a little more on uh, returning opponents. Illinois has Terrence Shannon Jr. and Coleman Hawkins, both confirmed to be returning now. Terrence Shannon Jr., I mean, what can be said? The 6'6 guard returning for a fifth college season at Illinois. Uh, averaged 17.2 last season. He, he's he's an NBA talent. He he can go off and, uh, yeah, 17.2 points is nothing to shake. Like, it's nothing to shake your head at. Uh, I have to imagine he's going to take a step forward, as one should each year in the Big Ten. And, uh, yeah, this Illinois team, they're, they, they, they are putting together a pretty strong roster. Only problem is they are missing that point guard they are missing uh what indiana's got in xavier johnson and and having the single most experienced point guard in the league will pay dividends down the line i assure you stay healthy yeah i mean speaking on that point guard issue uh 
Illinois thought they had Ray J. Dennis, and they really, really needed his skills. But uh, Ray J. Dennis just recently announced he will be joining the Baylor Bears in this upcoming campaign. I, li- I like seeing Big Ten programs get better across the board. I truly do. Makes for better competition, makes for better games. If we have more talent in the league, uh, rising tide lifts all boats. And uh, sad to see our rivals, quote-unquote rivals, miss out on a big target like Ray J. Dennis. But not really. Who cares? Speaking of returning talent, Kese Tomonaga will be returning to Nebraska. Um, he's just an exciting player to have in the Big Ten. Brings an entirely di- like this uh, throughout the NBA. It's been a it's been a Euro uh, invasion of sorts, uh, and uh, it's nice to see a little different uh, culture outside of our own and outside of the European uh, within basketball thrive. And good to see it in the Big Ten. Uh, I believe he's on Japan right now this summer, but will be returning to Nebraska shortly. Paul Mulcahy has decided to withdraw from the NBA draft. And call me shocked. It was almost announced like a fart in the wind with little to no fanfare behind it. I I imagine he probably wanted to lay low and not make... uh, not just take a Big Ten's worth of abuse at the time of the announcement. I'm sure the Rutgers fans love how hard he plays, but... I mean, he tried to trip our guy. He he tried to trip Trace Jackson Davis like a guy who's actually making it. And that's just downright... That's a, that's a scoundrel. Scoundrel move. All-time villain. Paul Mulcahy returning to the Big Ten. Speaking of Rutgers, uh, Cam Spencer is down to his four teams. Uh, Miami, Oklahoma, UCLA, and UConn. So, while it pains me to see talent leave... Or potential, yeah, talent leave the Big Ten... Um, I do appreciate him not transferring in the conference. Stand-up guy. Uh, just a yeah. Last note on returning players: there was uh, Oscar Shibwe. Oscar Shibwe announced that he will be leaving for the NBA draft, leaving Kentucky seven scholarship players and uh, most of their squad freshmen. If you'd have told them after um, the Anthony Davis freshman year, they would not have gotten another championship in the Calipari era up until the year. Here, the date 6-4-2023, I think they would have laughed in your face in a, like in the most arrogant fashion. But, I mean, that's what's happened. They got a banner, and that should be applauded. They got the banner with that freshman squad, which was just the single most talented squad. And they do have the top incoming freshman class this season. Um, but just with the way that teams can build with Mercs out there now, I, I don't see how, that, how just an all-freshman squad can be as competitive as it once was just because squad building now is such a science. So, uh, yeah, I just wanted to take a moment to point out that without Oscar Sheepway, that, that squad is hurting after not uh, winning out on the Hunter Dickinson auction. There is a little bit more Big Ten news. Uh, Andy Katz made his announcement, but I'll be talking about that within the Indiana news. Uh, yeah, let's get on to that. This week we saw the TST. Yes, I am starting with soccer right now. Sorry, we'll get into the basketball shortly. I just wanted to shout out the Hoosier Army for uh, the two wins on that first day. Unfortunately, some score differential BS kept them out of the knockout round. Um, With the tournament ultimately going to uh, Newtown Pride FC. Yeah, the million dollars winner take all tournament. Yeah, just the Hoosiers did very, they had a good showing. They had a great showing, the Hoosier alumni squad. And uh, shouts to them. That was us talking soccer for a little bit. 
And, oh yeah, on to basketball. Let's get into it. Wednesday, it was announced that uh, Kellel Ware was going to be participating in the USA Men's U19 training camp. Also invited alongside him were Liam McNeely and Dylan Harper, both in attendance. Now, Dylan Harper is crystal balled. Take that for what it's worth to Rucker, but Rutgers. But uh, this this uh, this USA Men's thing is is him being highlighted for his talent, for his potential. Uh, where is being recognized as a top talent and unfortunately at Oregon he got in Altman's doghouse and never really got out and yeah we just hope to God that this is validation for I mean just all the fanfare around us getting this transfer while his last season stat line wasn't anything to like go crazy about the sheer potential behind his game is immense it's so immense the country's squad is taking him on for the U19 training camp shout out to Kel Elware I only wish him success and I uh, only hope that it's another connection with, uh, no. Yeah, I, I just, I, I, I wish him the best throughout this, and uh, great to see Hoosiers just being recognized for their immense talent. Just uh, tonight, the Indiana basketball account tweeted out all the freshmen moving in, all the newly inducted Indiana Hoosiers they appear to have arrived on campus, and it's time to get to work, boys. I mean, cheers to our boys out there putting in the work this summer that will pay dividends this winter. It's It all starts right now. We have the squad. We have. I, lo- I love it. I, I We are going to the table with a squad with all upside. I mean, a lot of guys are going to have to take drastic development, but uh, I, I just see it. I, I, I don't know why. I'm I'm ignorantly optimistic about it, and uh, yeah, just seeing those guys move in just just gets your Hoosier heart excited. Welcome to Bloomington, boys. Also, uh, this last weekend, we saw that TJD is getting a workout with the Indiana Pacers, as they were proud to announce with a photo of number four. And when they released that photo announcing uh, potential prospect workouts coming up, uh, alongside Trace Jackson Davis wearing number four, I just thought, what the hell? What the hell, Indiana? If you're going to advertise our boy, advertise the monstrosity that is number 23. Indiana Pacers social media loves trying to reach out to us with stuff like this. And then they'll tweet out like BS giveaways of UK hats from last season. That is is, a trash hat. Not worth sharing, y'all. Know your fan base. Do your homework. TJD is not number four. He is 23, and he is a monster. It's amazing what that much time in the Big Ten will do for you. Just get correct. We saw the Heat tied up tonight, 1-1, to uh, just speaking about Indiana and the NBA. Everyone was talking about how there's like three Hoosiers in the finals this year, and yeah, it's right up there. Uh, Kentucky also had three. Arizona had two. Georgetown had two. UCLA had two. Villanova had two. So uh, Indiana and Kentucky topping that list. And there is something to take pride in that. I mean, it, maybe it's overblown with how much it's shared, but uh, it's worth it's worth noting at, at the very least. Because Hoosiers looking good at the next level, I mean, that, that just bodes well for the program as a whole. Lastly, uh, for Indiana news, we had Andy Katz release his latest Power 36 just this last week, and uh, Indiana comes in at 27. Now... Yes, we all know, don't look into preseason rankings, blah, blah, blah. Don't overlook them. North Carolina was number one last year. Look at what happened there. 
Um, hey, we have nothing to do this offseason. That's why you're listening to this podcast. We're going to be talking about this nonsense because there's nothing else to talk about right now. So Indiana at number 27, Andy Katz had to say about it. Xavier Johnson, Trey Galloway, and Malik Renew will join Kalel Ware and incoming freshman Mackenzie Mbako to give the Hoosiers a chance for the, in, for sorry for another NCAA tournament run. That's a big five. That's a fast five. That's an athletic five. If Trey Galloway can find a way to uh, get his shot up, create his own shot, create a little distance for himself, just imagine what this squad can do. I mean, the potential is what we're investing in right now, and uh, it's time to roll the dice with the, with who we got, and I appreciate each one of them, every single one of them. And when it's just CJ Gunn coming off, love it, love it. 27, I don't mind the number right now. Let's, let's lay off the radar just a little bit. Let's, uh, let's let these guys work for it a little. Let's have a Hoosier squad that wants to earn some recognition out of the gate. I, I love teams with chips on their shoulder, and uh, don't give us the shine yet, please. Please don't give us the shine yet. Speaking on the rest of uh, Andy Katz's list, we had uh, just just the rest of the Big Ten in there. Uh, just wanted to shout them out. We had Michigan State at number three, understandably. They're returning the whole crew, finishing at the t- near the top of the Big Ten last year. Yeah, with the squad they're returning, understandably. Michigan State, number three. Number four was Purdue, with Zach Eady returning, understandably, at the top of the Big Ten. Actually kind of interesting, because other than that, I don't know, really know who they're losing other than uh, Newsom. What's his name? Yeah. Yeah, so may- maybe just the uh, new schedules. Maybe the new schedules had something to do with this uh, ranking, Purdue. Maybe the new uh, home and away assignments may be a little tougher for some than they were for us last season. Not a Big Ten team, but at number 18 was Kentucky. And just, I mean, based on my <laughs> based on my comments on Kentucky prior to this, uh, the 18 is just laughable, if you ask me. It's the number one recruiting class that is going to get brutalized by the single most mercenary-led conference in the country right now. The SEC is full of mercs ready to bruise these incoming guys. If it hasn't worked for Cal since the AD team, how's it going to work now that teams are being constructed like they are? I don't see it. I imagine they'll have uh, Big Blue behind them, so they'll have tons of fanfare heading into conference play, but man, the SEC is going to be tough for them. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make note of Kentucky. They're always on my radar. <laughs> Number 19, we have uh, Ohio State. Adding Jameson Battle was a big get for the Buckeyes, Buckeyes, admittedly. I did want him. I thought he could have served the Hoosiers very well. Um, now that he's on the Buckeyes, forget him. I think this 19th ranking, it's a little high considering you're losing like the single Buckeye that, I mean, stirred the drink last season. With the uh, return of Terrence Shannon Jr. and Coleman Hawkins, we saw the Illinois fighting Illini come in at number 20 on Andy Katz's uh, Power 36. I did find his number 22, Maryland, a little interesting for the note. Uh, his note on the Maryland Terrapins were, uh, the Terps brought back uh, Jameer Young and Donta Scott for one more run. Getting Indiana's Jordan Geronimo is a key pickup. So two is a solid recruiting class. The, the Now they have Maryland currently sitting higher than us, and Jameer Young is a big return. Yeah, I imagine he's going to be a very good, He's going to be a problem in the Big Ten next year. But uh, just, just noting, getting Indiana's Jordan Geronimo, it's it's a weird thing that I, I think he'd... It's a weird thing to say he'd be a key pickup, but if he were uh, returning for the Indiana Hoosiers, I'd imagine he'd be a non-mention. It is just uh, the, sheer potential, the sheer potential for like a new system, a new setup, 
it, it gets a lot of excitement surrounding these guys and <laughs> it's dudes that like maybe it's dudes like Andy Katz who are uh, setting up Jordan Geronimo for uh, I don't know level of expectation that uh maybe shouldn't be forced on the guy but yeah i wish the best for jordan i do i hate interconference transfers but whatever jordan, yeah yeah i just i i think a lot of these guys in the market get a pr shine and i'm thinking it's tough to know what you're truly getting i guess because reading that would have me as a maryland fan not knowing it, like having watched it all season uh would have me excited <laughs> probably to a level that uh, hey, maybe Jordan can step up too. Maybe it is the system. Maybe Mike Woodson just wasn't the right fit for his game. All right, we'll find out. 22, Maryland. At 24 was Northwestern leading the teams that are ahead of Indiana right now in his rankings. Uh, not leading, just uh, the last of the teams ahead of us. And Boo Booey returning's a big get. That guy's going to win you some games all by himself. That guy, that, yeah, that's just the type of college basketball player he is. It was surprising to see Chase Audige not return, moving on, entering himself into the NBA draft to play at the next level. Uh, best of luck to that. Best of luck to that Wildcat. Um, I imagine there, there was a certain magic around Northwestern this, this season, admittedly. But as it does, water will find its level. Boom. Got to beat them this season. Got to beat them. After us, amongst this uh, mix of 36 teams. In the Big Ten was Wisconsin at 31, with Andy Katz stating that the Badgers returned their core five players with Tyler Wall, Chucky Hepburn, Connor Segan, uh, Stephen Crowell, and Max Klesmet. And while you are returning five, what I mean, where'd that five finish last year? In a time when everybody's ready to change it up, we'll see if Wisconsin, uh, I mean, doubling down with their guys pays off. When everybody's zigging, I guess they're going to zag. Uh It'll be interesting to see how their season goes. See if uh, they can get all the development, uh, all the development necessary out of those guys to take a step and compete in the Big Ten, as this ranking would suggest. Lastly, pulling up the rear, in uh, Andy Katz's thirty-six was Rutgers. Uh, Cliff Omori, Cliff Omorui, Omorui, with Cliff Omorui returning, Paul Mulcahy returning. Um, Derek Simpson, uh, and, I mean, Steve Peichel. Steve Peichel will get the best out of his players. Yes, Paul Mulcahy's returning. That villain. That absolute villain. Trip my guy. All-time villain. And uh, I don't hate his list. I really don't. Throughout, Andy Katz, uh, yeah, hey, it's fun to do this in the offseason when we've got nothing else to talk about. Um, with all these transfers, there's a lot of shake-up amongst this list, and it could change at any time. But, uh... I feel comfortable in Indiana's placement on it, and I'm excited at the prospect of climbing it. So, uh, right after this short word from our sponsors, I wanted to look at one team that remained off this list, and who I thought has grown accustomed to making lists like this. Uh, we'll talk about Iowa right after the break. Thank you for listening to the Often Daunted Podcast. Uh, I'm excited to be working with Big Banter. Um, hopefully here shortly I'll be getting some, uh, interviews, some, uh, Getting to work with some other podcasts and give you some content, give you some insight into the other teams in the Big Ten. Uh, so, yeah, go ahead and follow at Big Banter. Check them out. And uh, if you haven't already, go ahead and follow me again at Often Daunted. This show, I do it all myself. Music, uh, <laughs> music, recording, editing, and just getting it out there for you. It's, it's a hell of a lot of fun. 
Um, but yeah, if you uh, can, if you uh, can, go ahead and give me a like, a follow, a subscribe, whatever you can on there. Uh, at often daunted. Thanks, y'all. All right, let's talk some Iowa Hawkeyes basketball. In this downtime, in the lead up to the next season, as much as I will celebrate our small wins in the portal, our uh, big wins with uh, Mackenzie and Baco. Our, uh, yeah, big wins in the portal. What am I talking about? Big wins in the portal. Of course, every win for in the portal is a big win. Um, while I will say there is much to be excited about there, I also want to pers- provide a little perspective to the Indiana fan as to why we should be so excited. Because there are teams like Michigan right now, who I spoke about in the last episode a bit, and uh, there are teams like Iowa a team that looks to be floundering in the NIL era and looks to have a lot of production to be uh, making up for. Now, to preface all this, I will say, the Hawkeyes are our daddies. They owned us. I just really think the cards are aligning for Mike Woodson to finally get the one that's eluded him. I mean, uh, first off, let's just talk about their uh, transfer woes. Let's talk about their transfer wins. Um, I mean, credit to Fran for landing Ben Creek from Valpo. 19.4 points a game. 5.9 5.9 rebounds, 2.1 assists, shooting on 55.2%. He will be a big addition to them. I imagine he can provide something for them. Give them a little depth there. Something to work with. 19.4 points is, is nothing to shake your head at. They've also been able to add Evan, Bur- Evan Bronze. Now Bronze graduated from Iowa City West High with uh, Patrick McCaffrey. And uh, last season, starting for Belmont, he was able to average 7 points and 5.3 rebounds. It is, it is going to be tough. It is going to be tough for the Hawkeyes to replace just the sheer toughness that Rebracca brought. But they are trying with their last two transfer additions. I, I don't know if they have, but they are trying. It appears so. Now, Aaron Eulis transferring to Nebraska has to be a blow to the ego, to the Iowa faithful. No way around it. Starting 27 to 32 games last season for the Hawkeyes. Having a starter of that level... Uh, someone that I thought you would be depending on so much next season. Uh, transfer to transfer in conference would just be absolutely heartbreaking. With those additions, the Hawkeyes are trying, guys. They are trying. I don't think they're uh, tr- they have the uh, arsenal that our NIL does that are uh, that we're able to spark <laughs> interest in our program with. And uh, yeah, it, it just appears to be a losing battle at this time for our Big Ten brethren. Yeah, that Aaron. That Aaron Eulis transfer, that's, that hurts. That's losing 22.5 minutes per game from last season. Uh, 6.1 points, 2.1 assists. And now that 6.1 points, you have to understand, he would have been tasked with stepping up a lot more of that production because guess what? This is your, the era without a Murray has begun in Iowa. And uh, they're going to need to find some. He wasn't the most productive yet, and I imagine his experience would have been relied on this coming season for the Hawkeyes. Aaron Eulis will be desperately missed by them. The uh, Hawkeyes also lost center Josh Ugundele, who gave the Iowa team some depth at the position, but uh, never really stood out. In just 11 games this season, he averaged 1.9 points, 1.7 rebounds. Again, just a shuffling of the deck, but uh, I, I, yeah, I just wanted to look at one of these teams each time that, that we don't have much to talk about this offseason. I'll be talking about player profiles, be talking about our squad, be talking about what we're, what's, uh, what to look forward to in this coming season, but uh, right now I just want to look at the state of other programs in this Big Ten, in this Big Ten shuffling of the transfer portal. 
and I stumbled upon an article by Rob Howe at SI.com, and he was talking about just the concept of the core trio being a staple at Franz, uh, to for, uh, of Franz at Iowa over his 12 years, over 12 years there. He wrote of uh, this year's trio. He said Patrick McCaffrey, uh, Tony Perkins, and Peyton Sanford are the core trio. That follows Connor McCaffrey, Philip Rabraka, and Chris Murray last season, and Connor McCaffrey, Jordan Bohannon, and Keegan Murray a year before that. Perkins, 6'4", 205. Perkins returning for the Iowa is undoubted. Like undoubtedly, he he is a Big Ten. <laughs> He's a pros pro, I would say, for the Big Ten, uh, averaging uh, twelve point three points per game and four point one rebounds per game. He uh, he's going to be leaned on heavily at this moment. And, I mean, unless they go out and find somebody uh, at twelve point three points per game and four point one rebounds per game this last season, with the loss of a Murray. You know the production gap is going to be there for him to step up. Uh, there's going to be a vacuum for him to fill, and I think he'll be able to do it. Um, he is a solid piece. Now, like a core trio, to, a piece of a core trio to be feared. Maybe, maybe that's to come. Maybe that's to show itself in time. But uh, I don't see it at this time. Now, Peyton Sanford named all Big Ten Six Man of the Year on 10.3 points per game, 4.1 rebounds. Played 20.7 minutes per game off the bench. Without a doubt, um, going to be a high-volume shooter for the Hawkeyes next season. Also, without a doubt, an absolute villain that needs to be squashed in Assembly Hall. With Hunter gone, I think he is my villain number two behind Paul Mulcahy right now. It is understandable that Patrick McCaffrey will take a step forward, but even with all that, the three trios prior seem to have a primary ball handler amongst them. Perkins will be asked to take on far more this coming season than he's had to and uh on top of that not a murray amongst them i I just think iowa fans may be in for a rude awakening as to what the reality is without a murray (laughs) i could be wrong i could be wrong and fran could mean mug refs into oblivion and find themselves in one of those uh top four seeds at the end of the season it's the big 10 anything can happen absolutely anything can happen in this conference but i i just don't see how with any of the remaining pieces floating out there and uh, with most of Iowa's NIL, I imagine forever funding their attempt to break into Big Ten football relevance, there is a lot of points to be made up for a team that is admittedly high scoring. Iowa may have to adjust the play they've known drastically in the in this next coming season. And, uh, and of course, that can be said about us. But while I see that, I see our possibility to evolve our play as opposed to the, I mean, it has to be inevitable devolution of Iowa's offense next season, right? There's no way they can keep up that, uh, just that outside scoring, right? (laughs) Tell me I'm right. Tell me I'm right. Please tell me I'm right. Right right now, the gap at point guard seems to be uh, a battle between DeSante Bowen and the uh, four-star freshman Brock Harding. Bowen averaged 12.7 minutes, um, in 15 games, and uh, averaged just 3.6 in the uh, last 11 games of the season. And yeah, that that's a lot to ask for in a uh, Big Ten point guard. I mean, a lot to make up for and makes you appreciate the hell out of a veteran of X's caliber leading the squad next season. See, that that's what this is about, guys. I'm just talking about this Iowa squad because I want us to appreciate just how promising our roster currently is. 
You can talk about all the what we need. What you you can nitpick this squad all day, but I I love it. I'm I'm riding with this roster. And sometimes I like to look into our uh, Big Ten opponents, Big Ten enemies, and uh, see what see what they're working with. And again, yeah, it could be. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of yeah. It, it means nothing right now because nobody's tipped a damn ball, but uh, makes you feel a little comfortable heading into next year. Yep. So hey, that wasn't me just ha- that wasn't me just hating on Iowa that whole time. That that was me just merely uh, appreciating my own squad through a different lens. Now let's get on to your Hoosier history hit. This is your Hoosier history hit. For your Hoosier history hit, I'm going to be talking about U.S. Navy SEAL Charles Keating IV. Charles Keating IV was born to Charles Keating III, Charles Keating III, on February 1st, 1985, in Phoenix, Arizona. In 2004, he graduated from Arcadia High School. Keating's family had a long history with aquatic competition. His father, Charles Keating, was a competitive swimmer who represented America in the United in the uh, 1976 Summer Olympics and also swam at Indiana. And his grandfather, Charles Keating II, won a national championship for the University of Cincinnati in the 200 meter or 200 yard breaststroke in 1946. They are also related to the four-time Olympic gold medalist Gary Hall Sr. and 10-time medalist Gary Hall Jr. Upon graduating Arcadia High School in 2004, Charles Keating IV attended Indiana University and had joined the track team for the 2004-2005 to season. After two seasons at Indiana University, Keating IV joined the Navy SEALs. Keating would go on to serve in the Navy SEALs between the years 2000... 2006 and until he was killed in action on May 3rd, 2016, in Arbil, Iraq. Keating IV's death near Iraq's second largest city occurred as ISIS fighters conducted a large-scale attack. The Navy SEAL was part of a quick reaction force that had taken on 125 ISIS forces that had arrived in 20 vehicles, several truck bombs, and bulldozers, and bulldozers in a battle that raged on for hours. The U.S. Army Colonel Steve Warren told reporters, "For his actions on that day, he was posthumously awarded the Silver Star. This would later be upgraded to a Navy Cross, the second highest medal of for valor in the military." Chief Petty Officer Charles Keating IV was buried in Fort Rosencrans National Cemetery in San Diego, California, and his grave can be found in Section M, Site 66. Charles Keating is a true Hoosier hero, and uh, just a one of our own that deserves a shout out here on your Hoosier history. There are Hoosiers out there who deserve to be recognized for a lot, but giving your life for this country is certainly one of them. Thank you to Charles Keating the fourth. Yeah. Yeah. No, no little segment on a podcast can do a man's life justice. Just wanted to, uh, you know, observe a great Hoosier and more than that, a great American. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Off-Season Often Daunted podcast. Um, Again, having so much fun recording each of these. Please feel free to leave a review. Give me a like. uh, Give me a follow at Often Daunted. Everything at Often Daunted. Thank you so much. Hey, Hoosiers, support the boys today. Today, if you're listening on Monday, uh, they are in a sea of blue fighting in a a very daunting battle. 
but uh, I think our Hoosiers can pull it out and get one over the Wildcats. The rivals of ours who refuse to play us in anything have to play us today. Let's go get that win. Best of luck to the boys in Lexington today. Lux at Veritas. God bless y'all.